Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for relationship. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father God. There are just days where we become absolutely undone. I want more of that. More days where a recognition of your love, your goodness, your mercy, your, your holiness, your righteousness, the attributes of you that we might want to overlook, where they become so prominent in our thinking. As the man of God just said, that we want to do things according to your pattern and according to your standard. And I praise you and I thank you. We say things like, I glorify you, but what does that mean? We say we magnify you, but what does that mean? Does that mean that you're bigger to us than everything else in our lives? May we say what you want to hear, the words that you give us to speak. Because you are so worthy. We call them oldies now, songs that were sung 30, 40 years ago. But I remember a song, this is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. In the presence of the Lord, on holy ground. We have come into your presence on holy ground. That we would take off shoes and take off attitudes and take off the world. To recognize that to be in your presence is not to be in the world. It's to be in you. And in your presence, your word says, there's fullness of joy. Holy ground. Holy ground. And then you made us holy ground. Because your presence abides in us. And your word says that wherever the presence of the Lord is, it is a holy place. But what does it mean, Father? To be holy ground for you. Oh, because I, I think I have taken so many things for granted. I don't know what it means. And even as I have this word that you've put in me or you yourself in me want to release. I would like to do it in the spirit of the fear of you. Because I feel that that's honoring you, sir. We've never, I don't take the honor of delivering your word. I don't take that lightly. That I do not do. But mayhap, I haven't taken it fully. That this is a crown, a 
diadem that you placed upon our heads, these apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, that we're crowned with this honor, this charge to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's not about having a good message. It's about your truth and your presence and your holiness and your righteousness and your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your love and your laughter and your joy. Every attribute worth having in this world is you. And I, as I was telling you already, I say I worship you, but do I? I say I praise you, but is it praise that you count as praise? I give you lip service, but which part of my heart have I held back from you? Father, I pray for us as a people because I see all down the street. It's so beautiful to see cars in the parking lots of the churches. But on the inside of the buildings, may we never, ever go back to what we refer to as church as usual. And may we as the people of God reverence you as God, receive you as God and King and Lord and everything else that you are in the fullness of who you are. So that we overflow with you. I worship you, yes, with as much ability as I have, but I yield to you so that your ability to teach me to worship is enlarged in me to such a degree that it is acceptable in your sight and it's a sweet smelling savor to your nostrils and it opens up your pleasure so that you are able to manifest, be seen truly in this earth as the God that you are, the God that you say that you are, the magnificent one that you are, and that we reflect your radiance, your goodness, your glory, so that not only can we not really stand in your presence, but others will weep and break, break. All of the hardness will break off of us and off of our hearts and off of our places of inward, whatever the inward stuff may be. The things that have hindered the power of God from flowing and flushing and flooding out of us. The passion for you that is greater than our passion for cake or cookies or whatever it is, or movies or getting a new this or that. I pray for us as a people today that you get much pleasure from us, Father. Jesus, you kept saying that because it pleases the Father. I want that life. Nothing else will do. You said it. It's like vacuuming any old way. I don't want to live any old way. And I believe that I'm among a people that don't want to live any old way either. 
And so I praise you and I thank you for the bravery even for the people of this particular congregation and then congregations all over that continue to gather together that your word, that your presence, that the need to be amongst your people, like-minded people, has been far greater than anything fear could put in our path. And I pray that in these days that we are in now, oh, Father, that that same zeal for your cause, your righteous cause, and your presence, and, and the smell of God, what does God smell like? This is what draws us to you. I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want the intimacy. And, and you're the one that leads that. I want to dance with you. I want to sing with you. I want to sit with you. I want to talk to you. I want to listen for your voice. I want to rest in you. I want to abide in your word and in your place amongst your people. Father, Every place where we've held hatreds, regarded one another in, in any kind of way that you do not. Forgive us. Wash us clean. Yes, yes, yes. Because we're holy ground. We can't carry the contaminants and the defilements of this world. We're holy ground. I'm holy ground. Standing in holy ground. The temple of the Lord is holy the temple of the Lord is not to be defiled. The temple of the Lord is filled with your goodness. The temple of the Lord, whose people we are, the tabernacle, the place where you came to dwell, us. Oh, wow, are we ever a blessed people. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we have this intolerance of any kind of anything, any malady, any anything, any thought, any anything that is not of you in this temple from head to toe, inside to the outside. That we have an intolerance, your intolerance of sickness and disease, your intolerance of any form of sin or stain. And so that today, the business of the kingdom makes itself known and stained areas will be made clean for we are holy ground and you are our holy God. I worship you. Yes. And now I thank you that to say that has been, a, it moves up to your standard of worship your standard of life, your standards, your pattern, your liberty, your freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I love that. Here in your presence, we are undone. Here in your presence, heaven and earth become one. May it be so.
this day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey, Sharon. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, Lisa. I gave you that text and greeting. Hey. <laughs> we were in a prayer thing yesterday, and there was a time of prayer and prophecy, and the woman that was uh, praying over, I think over Krista or Christina, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to her, and all of a sudden, he said, yo. And she stopped. She says, yo, Holy Spirit, <laughs> because it's not a word she uses. And it was just the humor. I think it must have been Christina. Yeah. At, Oh, okay. And she said, yo, all right. And uh, uh, it was so fun. It was funny. And I realized that every time you enjoy the times of refreshing and, and, and fun in the Holy Spirit, it's, it is an opening for more fear of him. I, I believe you're rewriting the book, but or writing a new version of the book, but the book that Dr. Baker wrote many years ago, The Spirit of the Fear of the Lord. You know, I remember when she first started it, I'd never heard of it. I didn't even know what she was talking about. And, you know, it's just necessary to move, to change and get rid of places where you're ignorant and stop being complacent. Like, oh, I don't know what that means, so I'm content to live life not knowing. And it's about God. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't understand that kind of stuff. Like, you know, because you know the Bible says his ways are past finding out. It's like, you also know the Bible says to you it's been given to know. Different, dispensa different dispensation. So what we're going to do, we're talking about, uh, this is, of course, Biblical Solutions for Life. And we've been talking about, and we're gonna, I'm continuing to talk about, as the title is, The Power-Filled voice of the blood of Jesus, but we've been coming at it with, because the voice calls for, and I, I think that's another element of this voice, because we're always talking about the blood speaks, which is Hebrews 12, 24. You know, as I say certain things that are scripture, let's get it in your head to start just writing that down so that we start knowing where things are, because I'm, I can be, I personally can have so many scriptures going that I'll give you the wrong one or I'll get too confused, which is how I could tell you that Matthew 28, 28 is where a certain verse was and it's not, but because there is no 28th verse in the book of Matthew chapter 28, but um, one goes, yeah. And I was quoting it for, for quite a while. And then it was like, I need to look at, look at the scripture and looked at it and thought, well, there's egg on my face. When did you take away those other 10 verses? <laughs> That I could have, I wouldn't have sworn up and down they were there, but I sure thought they were. It's like, well, you do have a 28th verse. It's just not in that chapter. And to become familiar with, you know, the knowledge. Uh, I can, I cannot sometimes, you, you, in my town, you ask me how to get a certain place. And I've lived in that town for, I don't even know how long I've lived there. At least 10 years, I think. Longer than that. Yeah, at least, at least 10. But, um I've lived there since the early 2000s, and I probably know the names of about 12 streets in the whole town. 
I, you know, but I know where they are, if that makes any sense. It's like, um, I can tell you where things are in the town, but I won't, you know, we got two streets, Main Street and Yosemite. And sometimes it seems like everything is on those two streets. And so it's like, well, if it's not on Main Street, it's probably on Yosemite. Because it's it's typically on one of those because those are the main thoroughfares that, that we, you know, unless it's over on over here, it might be on Lathrop, it might be on Louise. Oh, well, if it's not over there, then it's most likely down this way because you become familiar in your daily routine with only going certain places. And I don't think the Bible is one of those places where we should only know our 24 standard scriptures and we don't know anything else okay this is not a little dab would do you it's not it's 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 light it's everything to us most of us can't name all of the bones in our, our body we don't know all the parts we 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 know we have a heart we know right you do know this right you have a heart yeah Okay. You know that you have, uh, those of you that have hair, you have it. You can buy it if you don't, you know. But you, you know you have a head. You know the parts, basic, the basic parts of your body, right? And, but, 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 but there are a lot of things about your body you don't know. And that's why you can believe what other people tell you about your body. More so than you'll believe what God says about your body. We're holy ground. But we've been, you know, and the bodies do decay because of the earth. But, but there's a, a slowing down. There's an ability to slow down that process. And it's called the word of God. Everything about our bodies, which the Bible says are fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? Where's that? Okay, so everybody, Psalm 139, you should read it. It says that you're not right now. Um, you should, um, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. This blood speaks and it calls. It calls you to these things that he's saying. It's calling you to know what it does. And where it works. There isn't any place it doesn't. But how about specifically in areas of your brain? Memory. Emotion. The different aspects of you. It's like this body contains some things. That we, it contains thoughts. Or at least it contains the container of thoughts. It's the house where your spirit and God's spirit dwell. One of those spirits has enabled the other spirit to never be subject to certain things that go on in this world. The greater spirit, the covenant making spirit, the covenant keeping spirit that now dwells in our spirit. And our spirit dwells in him. He hides us in him. Knows how to pull the best features or, or words that the blood of Yeshua Jesus is speaking to be applicable to us and then to work 
through us on behalf of others. I will not ever get tired of this topic because every time I go at it, it's like, you know, I'm starting off, I was just reading three little books, which I should tell you, you know, about because uh, it's like, I'll get to it. But he tailor made it for us. So we have, we're in a house where a lot of conversation is about the mind. So don't you think that the blood is interested in the mind? You know, you stay within the metron that is laid out for you. You, you go in that path. And then there, but you know, I'm a meanderer sometimes, which just means that I can take a very long time to get someplace because of all the stops I make along the way. That's very true. <laughs> it is true. And, and I'm, I used to be ashamed of that. And I used to think that there, that there was something wrong with me. And I also thought that it meant because I failed to pay attention that it wasn't that. It was the fact that I was normally being so oblivious that it took him to say, stop and take a look at this. I learned something yesterday. I learned a lot of things yesterday, but this one, uh, this is completely, but you, I'm giving it to you anyway. This is, this is still what the blood of Jesus is saying. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I just want you to see something that I found out. And this was not what they were talking about yesterday. Did I say first, Peter? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can find it. I guess it's easier just to do it. Okay. First Peter chapter one. And let's look at, uh, forgive me. No, I think that's right. Hold on. Let me, let me see something here. Nope. First Peter chapter three. Okay, it's first Peter chapter three. All right, let's start with verse one. Where I want to land is verse three, but first Peter chapter three, verse one, it says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection or in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation with fear. Who's adorning, this is chapter, verse three, who's adorning, let it not be that outward of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. And so it goes on and on. And so you're thinking, okay, I have to be in this thing about listening to my wives, and, which is an awesome, powerful message. But I looked at that word for whatever reason, it was meandering. And I, I looked at that word adorning and you're thinking what? To put something on, right? To adorn, to drape yourself in something. This word is cosmos, which I personally did not know. And as I looked at it, it just changed the meaning of this word because he says, they will behold your chaste or godly conversation with fear. Your, your conversation, why would they hold it with fear? Because you're going to be speaking from the spirit of the fear of the Lord. With a determination that in your relationship with a husband, in this case, because it's a wife, um, that in your relationship with your husband, but it does have to do with everyone else, that you're not going to say something to him that's based upon how uh, the world regards him. But you're going to speak and your, your manner of conduct is going to be 
as to the Lord in that fear. So what he said in this, whose world, whose, what I write down? Your submission, that quietness, whatever, your ornament, your arrangement, if you will, is not earthly. He's saying it's not earthly. It's not ungodly. You don't wear the world. Your adorning, he was saying, is not. Your adorning, your world is not of the way of the world, which doesn't mean that we're going to dress in weird stuff. That's not what he's saying. But, you know, your whole need to be all these things that are acceptable in the sight of the world that might get you a, a, a nice bunch of hits on a social media site or, or impress people with your appearance. You know, there's a real big thing about image and your image, you have to project the proper image when you are doing this, that, or the other. You know, if you are successful, you should look successful. If you're this, you should this and this. this. There is a place in there where the truth is, but it's been padded, contorted, stretched out. People try to bring a different interpretation on what God said. Because what he was saying is, I want to be your world. And when you're adorning, you're adorning, I want you to wear me. Okay, that's a side trip. But what I'm, that, which was my whole point. That I'm going in this word, this power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. And along the way, I'm like, wait, so it speaks. And we, oh yeah, okay, so but what, what, what does it say? And who is it talking to? And then when he was telling us a couple of weeks ago, I, I want you to say some of the things that my blood says, but, but, but it also calls. Because the Bible tells you that, tells us that this, the, the blood of Abel, it called. Your, it cried. So the blood intercedes. You know, it, it, it answers things. And, and when you're talking about it, we're talking about the quality of something that we can just hear about and plead without knowing what kind of power we're unleashing. And therefore, we don't receive it. Can you see that? It's the same thing. Anybody that has a problem with how God regards them, it's because you were ignorant in those places about him. We don't think he loves us. We don't think he wants us to prosper. We don't think he wants to gift us or bless us and so forth, no matter what the word says. And it is because of something Satan told you that you think wrongly about God. But at the same time, that means you, we, if we think wrongly about God because of what Satan told us, then that means we think rightly of Satan. And I don't want any part of that. That's just ugly to me. It's detestable to me because I'm actually holy ground and did not, was not recognizing. That's not what I call myself. That's what, God says, I am not a worshiper because I call myself one. Because if I call myself a worshiper, what am I basing it upon? What he says 
or what the popular trend is in Christianity. Again, why we move from Christianity into kingdom. Because there's only one set of understood, there's only one pattern in the kingdom. But Christianity has a lot of areas that lead away from God. And everything in the kingdom points to him. You understanding? The blood of Jesus speaks of the kingdom. It can only speak of the kingdom of God. So the blood of Jesus actually voices, um, fills out that same thing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what his blood says. In any area of our lives, God's kingdom come, God's will be done. Wherever the blood is, that's what the blood testifies of is the kingdom of God. Okay. So as we're talking about this, I want to go on because we went to, I, I don't know what slide, I think it's number 10 for you, Crystal, but it is, or maybe 12. Born from above equates to having a mindset from above. All right. This is speaking from the above mindset. This is th these are things, words, understandings that don't align themselves with popular beliefs in the earth or the unholy realm. If it's God, it's holy. If it's God, it's righteous. If it's God, it's truth. Can you see that? If it's God, there's peace connected to it. If it's God, there's love. If it's God, there's joy. If it's God, there's breakthrough. It doesn't ever imprison you. If it's God, it's liberty. And that's what the blood of Jesus talks about. So to be born from above, I'm born from above. Good. That means that I have a different mind. If my birth is above, where's my mind? It has to be. Because everything came from the same place. If, it's, if I'm to be wealthy... Where's my wealth uh, originate from above? Every wealth making, wealth creating idea, concept, ability comes from above. Now, in the realm you're in, we're in, physically it manifests. Physically, my hands go to work. Physically, I show up for things. But without him... I am without his blood. I'm dependent upon my power and my ability to create wealth. And I don't even think about creating it so much as going running after money. But wealth is where you live. It has to do with the way you think. And the blood of Jesus is what cleanses your mind, my mind, To be able to receive, if you will, the crown of his thinking. His thinking is holy. 
His thinking is holy. You with me? Born from above. Okay. Equates to mindset from above. Equates to abilities from above. Means that we get to take that little apostrophe out of the word C-A-N apostrophe T and beat that T out of the way. Because the scripture doesn't say, the only thing it says you cannot do is succeed without Jesus. Can't live apart from me. You can do nothing. You can do nothing. Well, what does he mean? He means apart from me, you will never fulfill what you were sent here to do. It doesn't mean that you won't do stuff. It doesn't even mean that you would not be in your metron of, of calling because people will have a natural bent towards doing certain things. But apart from me, it's apart from him, it's burned up. Because there's no holiness connected to it. It's not a righteous work. It's not a joyous work. It's not a peace work. A P-E-A-C-E. It might be a piece of work. But it's not a peace-giving work. It's not a true work. Because he's not in it. And that frees you in your thinking. What you believe about yourself if he's not saying it, it's not true. It's apart from him, which reduces it to zero. That's what his blood says. Are y'all flowing? Yes. Good. That means you're in the blood. We're going to flow okay. with the blood. All right. <laughs> so Philippians 2.5 is where you find that, that, that this is the mindset that we have. So when you... Note that you see it up here and it says Philippians 2 5. So you're like, okay, born from above equates to mindset from above. Well, I guarantee you that's not the scripture. That's not what that scripture says. Okay. So now you know because you've never, nobody's ever read a scripture that said born from above equates with mindset from above, right? Okay. So then I would want to go, well, what does Philippians 2 5 actually say? Because your instructions. For righteousness don't come from a, a, a red and white slide. It comes from what is written in this world. You got me. So Philippians 2, 5 says, let this Christ Jesus. And where did he come from? So born from above equates with, because I'm telling you now that the people that you listen to, that tell you to walk in fear or that tell you that you're, you're a hater of, of, of people instead of a lover or that say the things about you that God doesn't say. I guarantee you that their mindset is not from above. So you must let the one that is. You can't bring yourself into agreement with lie and expect a righteous result. I would just meander today. All right. Okay. And we're going to answer questions. So the next one, it says, though we try, we're not meant to solve natural problems from a carnal mindset. We're not meant to do it because we were never meant to do it, but we did it for a long time. You know how I used to solve my money making or money, money issues? Borrow. 
from this one to pay the other one and then get something going with somebody else. And sometimes we used to, in the days when it didn't, when a check didn't clear within minutes of hitting the bank, you write one check because you could count on it taking three days to clear <laughs> and you go and put, it had nothing in it and you go and get the money out of the one bank, right? To go run over to the other bank to put the money that you just wrote the check for in the bank. So that by the time the check cleared, the money was in the bank and whatever money you were trying to get in between, you would have it. Yep. Now you can't do that because you're overdrawn before the ATM is finished. <laughs> you can take a picture of it if you want. I have two banks on the exact same system. And I deposited a check into from one. I had the money, but I was just putting it from one. And when I noticed this man, it was already cleared. The check had cleared. Say, wow, what happened to the good old days? <laughs> we had a push button phone and nobody, you didn't know who was calling. So you had to decide whether it rang right. You know, you had to program your phone to give it a certain ring when it was somebody you knew. And everybody else, if it, if it, if it had a straight ring, I don't answer because it means it's probably a bill collector. So <laughs> this is how I operate it. But I would give all of y'all that personal ring. Personal ring was so that I knew it was safe to answer the phone. <laughs> I know I'm the only one. No, no way on this planet, I'm the only one. Okay? And so what I'm saying is I had a mindset of hooking and crooking. And you get into the kingdom and think we're going to work the same game. And it's not for here. It's not for here. Because it's not holy. I want us to start thinking about what is holy and what is not. Because holy is what God defines as holy. And holy is everything that he is. Everything that he is. So there's liberty, freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's actually holy. See? Because we think holy, I don't know what we think holy is. But what we think holy is may not be what holy is. Okay, I could be very punny, but I'm not. So we're not meant. Now, I want you to get that. I'm not meant. I, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to be trying to solve these natural problems. Natural problems. I'm not talking hair. But yet I am. The innovation to create, the man has always had a, a wanting, a natural bend to try to cover himself. Man has always, from the time that sin entered the world, come up with different ways of doing things and living without God. But God, his love, refused to be rejected that way. And so he kept getting himself involved in things, okay? And so he loved, what was the most powerful thing, uh, episode of love in Genesis? It is when after man fell and God called and said, where are you? God covered them himself. So what did that mean? That meant even when you sin, I don't throw you away. That's right. Thank you, Lord. It's that basic. I've sinned and therefore I can't come before a holy God. Well, you can actually cry out. Because there's blood that cries for you. Told you it cries. Mercy. 
Have mercy upon them, grace upon them. Look at me. I'll cover them so that you can look at them, Father, so that they can come into your presence. That's what the Father wants. He wants, that's why the blood was shed. I want to not be separated from people where sin has separated me. And this blood of Jesus, the once for all, has done the has done has provided the gateway so that God can still have his fellowship with us. It was that important to him. That's why Jesus said, I came to do the will of my father because it pleases the father. And that's the best brother you could ever have, one that is so into pleasing the father that he'll give his life for a bunch of bratty brothers and sisters. Because it pleases the Father not to be separated from us. So the blood sings about the love of God. Absolutely testifies. That's what Jesus said. That's our John 3.16. So I'm not meant to solve natural problems from a carnal or natural mindset. That's, right. That's, right. That's something that I want you to say to yourself. Wait a minute. I'm not meant. Here I am with a money issue. Well, I need to do this. Is I'm not meant to. I'm not meant to solve the problem. I'm not meant to solve the problem without God. I'm not meant to be unholy in my problem solving. Right. I am meant to walk in holiness even in natural scenarios. Now that sounds like oh, but it isn't. Okay. <laughs> What it really means is I am meant in this problem being presented before me. I'm, I'm, I'm actually meant to solve it from a different, from a mind from above thinking, which means the first thing is certain things are going to get flushed out of me because I'm not coming back to this. It's not going to be a cycle of natural, same natural issue. We're going to get a solution to this that is holy because it holy, righteous, joyous, peaceful and so forth. And with it comes this determination and this ability to obey because the ability to obey God comes from the mindset from above, not this one. You know, we obey usually by fear of punishment, but that's not the obedience God calls for. His obedience is from love because that was the mindset of obedience that Yeshua walked in. Jesus walked in, in the earth and has given to us, to you it has been given to know that you obey out of love, not out of obligation so that a lightning bolt don't hit you. <laughs> or, you know, I got to obey God, you know, because if I don't, he going to send them terrorist angels to steal all my money and break my legs. Some people think that's what tithing is about. Like you got these angels in these black suits coming up here. <laughs> you better give. You know what you're supposed to do. Something like that. Yeah, enforcers. And that's not it. You're supposed to look more like you're in a daisy field. La, 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 la. I'm on my way to give. Yeah. Really? Yes. Because it's a joyous, righteous, holy act. I'm obeying. Giving is holy. Yes, it is. Withholding is not. That comes from evil. Because God does not withhold. Okay? The Lord God, um, what does it say? Psalm 84, I think it is. Psalm 84, 11 or 10 in some Bibles. Um, 
I think is that he's a sun and shield. The Lord God is our sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly, walk in holiness, walk with an upright mind, mind from above. You can look it up because I'm not, I believe it's Psalm 84 and I think it's around verse 10 or 11. Some different Bibles have a different way of saying it. Okay. But sun and shield. Wow. Light and protection. Well, the blood is light and the blood is protection. Clears my mind. Okay. So again, just get this in your head. It takes spirit. It takes water and blood to overcome soul issues. And that's a separate thing. But a natural problem, whatever the natural problem is, whatever natural problem said, I'll wait for you in the car because I didn't want to come in here. You know, I didn't want to be seen. So I'm, I'll just wait for you in the car, but hurry up because we got things to do and I need to rough you up a little more. Whatever those things are. When you go out in the car today, they need to look, take one look at you and run, you know, or just open the door and go, fine. Live your life then and walk away from you. Because you come out with a holy mindset, holy concept and understanding. Nope, I'm not need and fear and greed don't rule me that's right okay because natural always means i need to find a way to keep god out of it that's what a carnal mind will do let's keep god out of this if we're gonna steal let's not get him involved because you know he always ruins everything don't be telling jesus <laughs> You tell Jesus, we may as well just say, forget it. We ain't going to do it. Because I don't know too many crooks. Dear Jesus, before we go in and take these people down in this bank, we ask you to bless this work. I might be trying to kill a few people if they don't act right, Lord, but I know that you forgive me. I'm asking you in advance to forgive me for these sins that we are about to commit. People do do that. Usually it's a sexual thing. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Dear God, we are about to fornicate, but we ask you to forgive us so that we don't die in the middle of the thing and go to hell. Please forgive us now. I wouldn't personally want to be involved with anybody in that prayer. I don't know that that works, and I'm not willing to be a test subject. <laughs> I'm really not willing because there's a lot of people that have been caught yeah dead in compromised places where the one that still lives left them okay but we don't know where they ended up but it might not be as rosy and sunny a place as they had expected don't play with your life like this okay don't do it I'm telling you so evidently somebody is trying, else we wouldn't have meandered over there because <laughs> we have somewhere to go, all right? So we'll come back to this one um, again, but let's go on. We know it's spirit to spirit. Now I want to get to something. We've been uh, talking, looking in this section about defilements and decisions and deliverance. And we've talked about Romans 8, 1 through 16. And you know, according to 1 Corinthians, did you know that according to 1 Corinthians 2.16, you have the mind of Christ. You might have heard that you have the mind of Christ. But what he's telling you is you do have the mind of Christ. 
So it's really a decision about the fact that that's the one that I have to live from. That's the mind from above. You got, you got it. You got it. Okay. So then remember over in the other, he said, you don't have to let that mind work. How you think about yourself, how you or you or you, whoever or you think about yourself. Um, is it lining up with God when you look at yourself in the mirror and call yourself all kinds of ugly? Probably not. Because he doesn't. And I want to live a life of holiness and I want to be in agreement with him. Okay. Now, uh, yes, uh, no, resurrection power. Okay. We've talked about that. Where I want to go is to the first set of blue slides, Crystal. So whatever you see that's blue, let's, let's go over there. It should say we recognize the voice of his blood through his word. Yes, it does say that. We recognize the voice of his blood. I like glasses like this. They're so big. You pour just that little bit of water in there. <laughs> Has a lot of room for more. Okay, so we recognize the voice of his blood through his word. They're connected. The things that I have said to you and me that the blood of Jesus says, what testifies of that truth? The word does. The word does. Because what we say that the blood, what we're saying, the blood, what the blood calls us to, what the blood cries out on intercedes for us, and what the blood actually does or says and provides, this word has to support that. This word has to, has to agree. If it doesn't connect, so then you know the blood of Jesus that gets you a hundred million dollars when you go out there to the slot machine out there in that place down there in Vegas or go to Reno. You know, all you got to do is plead the blood of Jesus and you get that money. <laughs> I plead the blood of Jesus over this crap table. Do they still have those? Of course. Okay. I plead the blood of Jesus over this hand of cards. Come on, Jesus. Because, Lord, you know, I win this jackpot. I'm going to give to the church. <laughs> I plead the blood of Jesus over these lottery tickets. Come on, Jesus. You know I'm good for it. I can't find that here. It's not in here. Okay? No tickets. No craps, no extortion, no murder, no pre-planned sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. That's premeditated. Well, surely there's grace for it. Uh, if you come out of it alive, you, grace was working for you. But again, why are you trying to live on the wrong edge? It's edgy, but it's the wrong end. Okay. Living on the edge is not supposed to be the part where the blade is pointed at you. It's supposed to be away from you. Okay. All right. So having said that, so you want to, I, I, I need to make that clear because you're going to be listening for his voice this week. His blood is going to testify of the truth of all that God has said about us. And that's first John five. So all these things here, and because we're born of God, we overcome the world. Now, 
We're going to go for the victory and from the place of victory. But victory is defined as what? Read it when she gets us to it. Victory is defined as, keep going. You have to go a few more. Victory is defined as what? Come on, say it again. Do you have victory? I agree, you do have victory. But is victory seen? No, this is where you have to think about it. This is where you, you see, I, I know he shows victory, but is victory seen in your life? Of course it is, but it is. You're here, but are you operating in it? See, because now we start breaking it. Now is where we start looking at, yeah, I, ha I got the victory, right? And you do the Christian river dance. Okay, so um, yeah, all that. I, I watched line dancing last night. I got the shoulder part right, but the feet have to work on that. I'm determined to learn it, and I'm going to get a cowboy hat, too. Okay, so anyway, because I'm born of God, I overcome the world. Where? Where do you overcome the world? Where do you overcome the world? See, world, now, adorn. Where do you wear the world? Because wherever you're wearing the world, you're not overcoming the world. So if all we do is start doing that, examine ourselves and see where am I wearing the world? Where am, what does that mean? That means where do I believe what the world says more than I believe what the blood says, what the, what, what the word of God says, and therefore what the word of God says, the blood is also saying. So where do I, where do I wear the world in my conversation? in my outlook, in my beliefs, in my practices, in my acceptance, the agreements that I make, where am I wearing the world? Wherever I'm wearing the world, there's no victory being seen. That's right. So what we're doing is saying, but when you change when you let the mind be in you that's supposed, when you let the right mind be in you, then the ability to start processing your thinking and everything else will bring us to the victory that overcomes the world. Because it actually starts from the way you think. Holiness overcomes the world. You got it? All of these different things. Scared to give. Scared to receive. I don't want to get too much because then too much would be required of me. Scared to move forward. Any of those kind of things. You see, if you're scared to move forward, then it's because you have a hindrance in front of you. If you have a wrong belief, you have a world belief about a holy thing. Holiness. We're not listening to the blood. We're not listening to what the blood says. We have to listen to what the blood says, because as we listen to what the blood says, and, what, and again, you read the word, but the word is talking to us. It's calling us to the excellence of God. This is a living word. It's not a, a just paper and, 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 you know, and ink. 
This is a living word. So everything that it says, it's speaking to you. And sometimes you got to check and find out, but how am I hearing it? Am I hearing it the way of the world? Am I thinking of it from an earth-based belief, rooted in the earth, rooted in my personal experiences, rooted in my childhood, rooted in the way my ex spouse treated me rooted in the rudeness of this rooted in the current political scenarios then i'm not rightly dividing i'm not letting this word live in me to the degree because the bible how do you interpret the bible through strong's concordance no the scripture interprets itself That's when we start flipping from page. Let's go over here and look at this. Now let's go over here and look at this. Okay. We are born of God. So we're going to have a God to man conversation, which is a spirit to spirit dialogue because God is not God's word talks to our physical body. Once our spirit has talked to God, your spirit reads this word. And then your spirit talks to talks this word to your body. Otherwise, we read it from the body trying to get an understanding of it and trying to make it work. Can you see that? I've, I've done it so many times. Okay, I'm going to believe it. I 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 believe it. Do you believe it? Not really, but I'm trying. Well, that's because the mind is wrong. The mind of Jesus, the mind of Christ naturally and supernaturally believes this word. It is the natural environment for the citizens of heaven to believe what God said. That's the way we do it. That's who we, that's what we do. Are you born from above? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blood? Yes. I'm washed in the blood. I'm an overcoming child of God. Are you? Yes. Do you believe what God says? In principle. Yes, I do. What does that mean? Well, and you know, because some of it is this and some of it is that. Well, which part of it did he not say? Well, you know, there is some question amongst the scholars. No, I don't know. Because some things, I, I, some things you learn just enough to make you stupid. Okay. Did he say it? Yeah. But I'm not sure that he meant that. Well, then ask him what he means. Can you do that? Well, yeah, because another place in here he says, come to me. He does? Yes, he does. I didn't see that one. Well, I'm going to take a guess. There's probably more in here you haven't seen than what you have seen. How do I know? Same way you know when you look at me. Because there are certain things that I've allowed to continue that evidently I didn't see what he said. Yep. I'll be the first to admit it. Why? Because I want to change. You see? So I, it, there's no shame to me for, for this. It, it's, it's, it's like I used to just cower over something. Well, you do this. It's like, yeah, do I? Okay, then that gets to change. And now that you've given me that part, stay out of it. Let's go. Let me go to God and let him do it because he gave you, thank God, he gave you the word for it. But he gave you that to point me back to him. Because otherwise I'm giving you the responsibility of being my Holy Spirit. Wow. And we're going to have a fight. <laughs>
somewhere along the lines. Right? Because it's not, the blood spoke, but it's like, hey, Peter, you got it right. You were Peter, and upon this rock, yeah, now, by the way, you shouldn't do, no, you, you, God didn't give you everything. You got one word from me. I took it. The rest of this, you need to shut up because you don't know enough yet. You know, don't anoint yourself after the anointing. <laughs> after the anointing that you had, you've, you've, you've used it, you, you manifest it, and you're done. Sit down. <laughs> Receive now. Why? Because the natural, okay, let, let me ask you this. Okay, so there's, oops, that was good. The water is in here, right? Okay. This glass just gave me everything it had. Until it gets filled again, it doesn't have any conversation for me. Do you understand? It has to get filled again. Because once you give out, sit down, get refilled. Let it work in you and then release from what the work, the work it has done. Let this mind be in you. Let this word dwell in you richly. That's what he said. Let the word of God live in you. But once the abiding word is living in us, the abiding word changes things in us. I don't speak to you from here. I got to speak to you from what has changed in me. Otherwise, it's just a great intellectual conversation. And I don't do those. I don't like them. I never have. I thought they were dry and boring. And I probably had gave many. But I wasn't even interested in what I had to say. It's probably more interested in the sound of my voice. Is that my voice? You know, and things like that, okay? So, all right. So, point made. Victory is defined as the faith that overcomes the world. Okay? First John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Well, since even our faith is the victory. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made God a liar. And we've done that. That's why I said, well, he loves me. Well, I know he loves me, but I don't really think he does. I know you think you understand that, but, and I've said that personally. Okay. I know he does, you know, I mean, uh, as a principle, he has to love me because he's, God is love and he says that he loves me, but I haven't not personally seen any evidence of that. Well, what was I talking about? I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm sure I, I had good reasons for it, but well, I had reasons. I don't know that the reasons were good, but I had reasons. Do you understand? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, because things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to. As if, as if, okay, so belief is according to 1 John 5, 1, look at this, I really am, you know, we get, sometimes we get to a lot of this stuff on Wednesdays, I, um, I'm on YouTube, <laughs> I just say that just about, I'm on YouTube, that is the oddest thing to say when you didn't know you were there, you know, somebody told me I was there and then I looked and said, he ain't lying. I'm here. Well, I didn't, Frederick put us there. Dr. Baker's on YouTube. Minister Dury's on YouTube. We on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. You're on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Finish your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't like that meandering. <laughs> Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. This is belief. Whoever believes that Jesus is, uh, is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. Here's the part. 
If you believe that Jesus is the, is, is the born, is Christ is born of God, that Jesus is the Christ, you're born of God. Belief starts with that. The belief that changes your world. Are you, are you seeing? You have the power to change everything about your life. Once you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're born of God. That means you have a different mind. That's, that lines up with Romans 10, 9 and 10. Whosoever confesses with their mouth, Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart. That God raised him from the dead is saved. Well, then you're born of God. It lines up with this. And so what he's saying is once you've done that, you have the presence, the power, the ability to change your life because you can change your mind. First time I ever heard my mother say that, change your beliefs and you change your life. I didn't understand it, but it got me excited. I, it, everything in me started to leap. Like, you mean to tell me I can change my life by changing the way I think? Yeah. How many of you have been trying to change the way you think about outward things, but you have not changed the way you think about yourself? That's kind of like necessary. Okay, don't advertise bath soap if you don't use it. Use it. And the cleaning up that it did for you invites others to do the same. Okay, and what I'm saying is, what do you believe about you that God is not saying? And the only reason that you would believe wrongly about anything in your life, your health, your wealth, whatever, it's always because it's not the mind of Christ in operation. You see how simple this is. And if it's not the mind of Christ in operation, the blood of Jesus is not doing what you, you, don't, you don't hear what it's saying. And it's calling to us to pay attention to how he thinks. Okay? Is anything you think and, and the excuses, it's not taking you there. So that's belief. Now, all right, so we talked about the preciousness of the blood and the victory of the blood, but I want to go to um, we continually implement the spiritual kingdom power because in this 20 minutes, I'm going to hit one. Okay, we continually implement the spiritual kingdom power of his blood. That's a, that's what we do. He did it once for all, and we continually appropriate or pull on, legally put it to work in the earth. We're to continually implement, use, activate the spiritual kingdom power of his blood. Obviously, we're not walking around with pints of blood, pouring it on in scenarios. No, it's a spiritual kingdom power. We have spiritual access to the power of the blood of Jesus. We have spiritual access to hear what the blood of Jesus is saying. Remember, it's spirit to spirit. So it is a very bloody gospel, if you will, but it's not natural blood. It was never, it was always supernatural blood. The, the quality, the elements of it, it's always been God pouring out even to death for man. And so 
the spiritual. Why? Because when we say kingdom power, we're talking legality. You're talking about a government. So you're talking about legislature. And you're talking about what a king has decreed concerning what the blood of Jesus will do. It will give mercy. We know this. That's why mercy is in the earth, because of the blood. We know this from Genesis. Mercy. Mercy. Yes, yes, yes. That's why he covered them. So mercy comes from the kingdom of God. It didn't come from the earth. Everything, when we talk kingdom, remember, we're talking a spiritual place that in one element, but we're saying let that, the, the, the power of that spirit be seen in the reality of the earth. Yes. Truth is what we're talking about. Truth is spirit. When somebody lies, it's because the spirit that they listen to, that they yield to, that they follow is a liar. There's only one of those. Only one, one, father of lies, and it's not God. So when he says, whosoever believes, if you don't believe that God said, then you make him to be a liar, then what you just said is because you just attributed the power of Satan to God. You just said that God is the reason that this happened, and God is the reason that this happened, and God is the reason that all this evil took place in the world, and God is not the reason. Well, he allowed it. Okay, he allowed it. What does that mean to you? How are you thinking? Are you speaking with the voice of the accuser? Or are you speaking with the voice of one that understands holiness and has gone to God and understood exactly what is going on from his mind? You see? Yeah, it does. It takes your whole life. It's an investment. It's an investment. And it's, it's completely voluntary. It's just that, you know, you got in. So why do you want to get out? If you want to get out of the kingdom, it's because you don't know what the kingdom is. That's right. It's, it's, it's that simple. Well, there's so many people that are falling away from the church. I don't think they ever fell in. I think it's good in one sense. They've fallen away from religion. Now we have an opportunity to preach truth. You understand what I'm saying? People such as myself, that's part part a lot of what we're called to do because there's a lot of unsaved people in the church and they shouldn't be unsaved you should be here but you should be in the truth you see when we say we'll come to church we mean come to truth it has to become the holiness it's always come to him it's not come to the building yes come to the building but it's not just coming to the building don't make you safe it doesn't save you safe but coming to Jesus does and once you come to Jesus come to the building got it because we're here together and it's what the word says don't don't decide well I'm saved and now I don't need the church because I don't like them people I can understand you not liking the people but the thing is is that it's because you don't like you so come to the people and we're going to get rid of the ugly and then we'll start liking ourselves, which enables us to love everybody else. Really does. Because you start having an understanding of things. So we're going to implement the spiritual kingdom power of his blood. Now, I, this is very important. Why? Because when we start talking about the blood washes 
and that you can remove the stain and you can do this and that, those things that you where you defiled yourself. You're talking about defilement, you have to understand, is it happens in the physical body, but it's also of a spiritual and a soulish nature. And only the spirit power from heaven can, can change things and bring correction. So you've got to understand that when we say, I speak the blood of Jesus, I release the power of the blood of Jesus, I release the voice, or I'm listening for the voice and I'm saying what the blood of Jesus is saying, that those are not just some kind of religious exercise, but that is a release of spiritual kingdom power. And it works because the kingdom is above everything else. God's kingdom doesn't bow to anything because God won't. God will never bow to man. And he's certainly not going to bow to the devil. That's right. You understand? So therefore, everything must bow to him, his kingdom. So when you release spiritual kingdom power of the blood of Jesus, you've just released the highest intensity of a weapon into a scenario and everything must answer or obey what the blood of Jesus is saying. Can you see that? I want you to see the blood as your hero. That it works for you and it works in you and it works through you. Yes. Can you see? And they're all around us. And it's it's challenged and it, it causes panic in the other realm. Why? They don't understand it, but they sure don't like the way it sounds if it sounds like it's a threat to what they currently hold. It's not a threat. It's an answer. It's love that is speaking. It's not, you know, God declares war and the vengeance of God. The vengeance of God is the protection of God. It's not vengeance against mankind. It's vengeance against darkness. It's love showing up saying, you touched one of mine. You're going to deal with me now. And believe me, it'll be short shrift because love came on a mission. You got it? Yes. It came on a mission to take what belongs to me. And to put down what was trying to hurt what belongs to me. That's how this works. And that's what the blood sings about. Can I help you? <laughs> I was just laughing at the, at the way that you said something. Short shrift? Yeah, Jura yeah, said he said you've been hanging around him too much. <laughs> oh, you like, use that word? <laughs> the way you said it. You, you, you oh, did I do something like you? Really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know what I did, so you have to help me with that. That's awesome. All right. That's very good. We related. Praise God. All right. Okay. You with me so far? Yes. All right. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Is this okay, good. Because once again, we ain't getting to where I thought we were, but that's all right. Okay. We are washed. We are sanctified. Now you understand. You're blood washed. Well, I'm washed in the blood. It means so much more. It means you've been set apart and recognized as holy. You've been washed. You've been recognized and set apart as righteous. You have been washed, which means that you've been set apart and identified as a receptacle of joy. Joy looking for a place to land. You are one of the landing places. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. 
is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says that's a vessel where I dwell in earth as I am in heaven. See it? No, that's okay. Receive it. Just take it. He'll explain it. He'll do it. Just say, you know what? Okay, I'm taking it. Have at it, Lord. You can, you can do this. You can do this, all right? So this is what these things are. So the traces of sin in the world. Now, now we're getting to the nitty and the gritty. The traces of sin in the world leave you feeling, 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 feeling. I feel dirty. I feel icky. I feel stinky. I feel sticky. I feel this. I feel, I feel, I feel. Defiled is what you're talking about. You feel the 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 you feel when you have those moments that ah don't oh I just I feel like I can't come back. I feel like I can't recover. Anybody? Yes, I feel like I I can't show my face. I can't. And usually for y'all, a lot of y'all here, I just can't face Doctor Baker because she's gonna take one look at me. You know that expression, don't tell mama. Okay? Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't let you look at me. Well, you it's because you're feeling defiled. And it just also means, and you probably are defiled. But you don't have to stay that way. That's right. Now is where the separation between the sons and the bastards. Starts to take place. Did you just call those people bastards? No, I didn't. I said I'm talking about the sons. The other ones don't know, don't have God as their father. He's their creator, if they even want to acknowledge that. But he's not their father, which means you're walking around with another one that you call a father, but he's not a father because he doesn't have any reproductive ability. That's right. That's right. That's right. Separation of sons. Go to the next one. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus is what you can access as a son for yourself and remove the defilement. Spirit, defiled. You, you know, if, you, if your shoes get defiled, let me give you an example. Pristine outfit and somebody spills something on it. Ketchup, mustard, wine, grape juice those type of things, and they spill on your clothing or your tablecloth, it's basically dirtied, defiled, because it's stained. And in those cases, most of the time, unless you have bluing and this and that and the other, know the right cleansing properties to use, that stain is going to remain. I've got a, 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 a pair of pants that there is some kind of rubbery glue thing that my brother had that got on my clothes. And I haven't been able to get it out. The only thought I have of the way to get it out would be to cut it. Because nothing is cleaning it. Ice cubes, this, that, and the other scraping. Haven't been able to get the stain out. That's how it feels when you use a natural remedy to try to remove the stain of sin yes. or defilement. Yes. Yes. I feel like the only thing left to do is cut it. And you mean... You don't mean spiritually cut, but you mean to defile yourself, to cut yourself, to punish yourself, 
to keep hitting yourself upside the head because that sin and the, and the feeling of it has you, this is what happens with people that have been defiled in whatever way. I, 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 I'm not going to, okay. So the clean, cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, it always works for you because you have to understand. Now we go back to what we said, you're a son. It's holy. You are to be holy. And so this is a holy, righteous act of God on our behalf that we can now call upon to do the work in us that we cannot do for ourselves. Are you with me? This is what we're saying. So, and we are to continually implement the spiritual cleansing, healing, overcoming kingdom power of his blood. In other words, you're expected when you feel defiled. You're expected as a son to let the blood of Jesus answer the, the situation. It's not begging God to do it, hoping that God will. He expects as your father for you to come now and let him take care of it. He doesn't expect you to try to borrow. Can I borrow some blood? You know, I, I need to fix something. Can I, I'll pay you back. No. God is not like us. You know, we're like, you already came and got some blood like two weeks ago. And I don't see any evidence that you paid me back. So why are you trying to borrow from me again? That's not God. You don't borrow the blood. You appropriate, you implement, you run to, you let it answer. You hear it calling. Every time you and I are stained, the blood is crying, calling us. Come to me. Every single time, no matter what you're dealing with right now in your life, the blood of Jesus, because you feel stained and you're dirtied by sin or whatever the form of sin is, the blood of Jesus is calling you, calling. It calls us. Come to me. Let me cleanse you. Let me bring you to that place of restoration and bring you into something else in this word. Let spirit power start to work for you. Let the water, washing of the water of the word start to work for you. Let the cleansing and healing power of my blood bring you into this place and let us start this work. Let us continue this work or let us, whatever it is, a new beginning, a, a continuation of something, let me get the stain out off of you. Remove you. Put you back in your place of holiness and then let us circle around you the water the blood the the, the 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 word and so forth let us encircle you through the people yes the prayers of the righteous that avail much let us restore you because you're not going to walk this walk thinking and believing the wrong thing you're going to recognize that the mind that you take on the mind that is from above hears what the voice of the blood says and says, I'm, I'm out of obedience. I'm off track. So let me talk to you. Let me come to you. I will run to you. I'm no longer that person that was had that mind of the one that was in the garden that hid from you. I don't hide from you. I come right out into the light and I call on you and you answer me and you don't withhold any good thing from me because this is walking uprightly. It's not walking like a beast. It's not walking like a devil. It's not walking like a dog on my hands and knees crawling and sniffing in trash looking for something. No, I walk 
upright as a as a created one as 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 a man if you will okay i walk upright as one that carries the majesty and the glory of the kingdom on the inside i walk uprightly before you you don't withhold any good thing from me and your blood answers and these stains get off of me that's what he's saying next week or either on wednesday um we're going to deal very specifically, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about some real. Not next week. No, on Wednesday. I said on Wednesday. Oh. Yeah, next next week we we have Apostle Maestas here for Biblical Solutions for Life at 9:45 and 11:45. So on Wednesday, I I think I'll get into it, and then the week after, thank you, the week after, um, we'll we'll come back. But I, you know, here's the thing. I want to, when I first started putting these together, you know, you, you think, okay, I can just go through and take you through these things and, and do this. But the more I've studied it and the more that it has been operating in my life, the more I realize how you think about these things is what affects a great, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like, we just we we just receive the miraculous and it bypasses a lot of our natural stuff but god is not god does do he he is the god of miracles the greatest miracle is the ability i think to listen to his spirit and to keep what he's giving you to become one that recognizes this is a treasure that i carry this word of God, this, this holiness, this is a treasure in an earthen vessel, life, life. And I want the miracles. Do it, God. Do these things that would take an incredibly long period of time. But you know what? While I'm being set up for the miracle, prepare me on the inside to be a keeper of what you give. Yes. You see, you want to be a steward, right? Which means you want this power to be in your possession for you to be able to use the way he wants. Do you think that God doesn't want you to uh, give into situations and turn lives around? I mean, I post a lot of things sometimes on Facebook where um, people feed people and do this and do that and do the other or made a house for somebody or did this. And it's like, you think that God doesn't want to do that? You see, it's a good work. It's a charitable work. But don't you think that God wants it to be a righteous, holy work that won't be burnt up? Well, a great part of that is the fact that we're set apart, but we have something in common. We need him. And he wants to do it for us because your testimony is about what God did. That what he did for you, you're here present telling them that story because he's about to do it again. I didn't tell you about me so that you walk away feeling like nothing. You know, I told you what he did for me. Now I want you to hold out your hands because now I'm going to release to you. He's doing the same thing for you. He sent me to tell you my testimony so that he could do the same and more for you. 
That's the power of the testimony. Power of the testimony is not to brag about your new car. It's to say, not only did he pay my car off in full, but then he caused this to come in my hands and told me to call you. So come on, let's go get yours. Or let's fix this or let's do this or whatever. Because he puts a longing in your heart that you want, you know, have you found, I wish, oh God, if I only had the ability to be able to do this, I'd buy this for this person, I'd do this. Anybody ever been there? Well, don't you want to obey that? See, it's putting your heart, when, when, it, when it comes from, and you're talking to God about it, it's putting our heart as something he wants us to be, to obey. And in our present st uh, stance, most of the time we're like, well, yeah, that'd be nice, but that's not going to happen. Because you can look at your natural circumstances and think, no, it's not going to happen. It's like, but see, you're looking at their natural circumstances, and then you're looking at your natural circumstances, and you're not understanding that, remember, I'm not supposed to try to meet their natural circumstances from a natural place. It's a spirit power. In other words, you put it in my heart to buy this for this person. You put it in my heart to do this. So let me come to you and find out how you want to do it. How about we look at that impossible thing? Buy a house for this one. Pay off this person. Send this person's child to college. Do this. You look at this impossible thing. How about when you look at it, look at it head on and think, I think I'm about, to, I've just been given a kingdom opportunity. <laughs> because we turn away from the impossible. Oh, that'd be nice. Maybe one day that'll happen. But he's saying, I want to shorten the time span. Next time this happens to you, why don't you go to him, step forward in sonship, yes. as opposed yes. to acting like a bastard? You're a son. One that's not of him would have to turn away or they'll go find a natural way to do it. But God wants to do the supernatural. He wants us to cease and desist immediately from letting the lack that we see in our own natural state be the reason we don't pursue the supernatural thing. Did you get that? Yeah. In other words, next, I, I'd love to buy out this restaurant for a month and, or, and be able to feed a bunch of people. Okay, God, how do I do it? Wow. You put it in my heart to do this. Uh, it may not happen to tomorrow, but this is going to happen because now I've got a purpose. I've got an assignment. I've got a heart thing that I want holiness. This, this is not going to be sprinkled with holiness. This is going to be nothing but. It's going to stem from, flow from, because the blood says, because then. You could have a healing service in there and all kinds of stuff. And so I get excited about that. And I just say to those of you that are watching, get excited that in about 15 minutes and 25 seconds, you're going to have a <laughs> Mr. Dury Foster and Apostle Baker coming to bring you Biblical Solutions for Life Session 2. I'll see you in two weeks from here. And I, I invite you to join us on Wednesday. And I challenge you to say, God, what's she talking about? They had to end and I didn't get to hear the rest of that. Well, yeah, he's got the rest of it for you. So we'll see you later.